You are now tuned to Priority One Subspace Frequencies. Brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita, the galaxy's premier shore leave destination. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, welcome to episode 100 of Priority One, recorded on Thursday, October 11th, 2012, hosted on PriorityOnePodcast.com, and now streaming live on TrekRadio.net every Thursday night. I'm Elijah. I'm Adrian. I'm Elliot. Hi, I'm Brandon. Hello, I'm Alexander. And as we mentioned in the live stream, we are missing James for the moment. Uh, he is mightily struggling to get his internet put back together so that he can join us. So with any luck, he will be with us the rest of the episode. But for now, here we are. This is the uh, the crazy storm episode. Storm is affecting all audio. It's amazingly no, fun. It's kind of like a kiddie pool. It's the perfect storm. We got rid of James. Oh. <laughs> A very special thanks, Brandon, for joining us for our very special episode. Thank you again. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to be here. When Mark and I started this back in 2010, we never imagined where it'd be right now. And I know that he's not here, but both of us are so proud. It's an honor to listen to it each week. I still listen each week, and I know he does as well. So keep it up. Thanks for having me. Well, we're so glad to be here and still doing this. I know I know every one of us has had a, just an amazing experience since we came on board. And we did talk with Mark, and unfortunately, because of his real-life job that pays his real-life bills, he has to get up bloody early in the morning. So he is not able to join us, but he did say he'd send a recorded greeting. And, of course, a very special thank you to David of Trek Radio for, again, hosting us on trekradio.net. Thank you so very much, David. Yes. Kapla! The honor is to serve. So what do we have in store for this week's episode, Adrian? Well, in this episode's Blink of the Week, we spotlight a new Star Trek series, Star Trek Renegades. We'll find out what happened this week in Trek. In Stone News, we cover a Season 7, Deblog 1, Into the Hive, Fan Art Challenge, Lifetime Subsale, a new benefit, Ask Cryptic, and we might talk a little bit more about Destination Star Trek London, and we also have our weekly blog roundup, and some more. Also, since this is our 100th episode, we will have some fun surprises, so stay tuned. Before we get on with the show, though, let's talk business. Elliot. We are live on trekradio.net every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. If you'd like to join us live during the show, Trek Radio has a built-in IRC chat client. Just click on the Community Menu tab and select IRC Chat. Input your desired screen name and enter. A very special shout-out to all of our IRC guests in the room. It's a packed room, and don't forget, every week you can join us. We are always looking for new blog submissions from game to gaming news, sci-fi, fantasy, and entertainment bloggers. If you have an idea for an article and want your voice heard, then send your submission to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com, care of Bill. Please know that all of our positions and submissions are volunteer, but we do offer a very respected and well-known outlet for your work. 
If interested, please forward your contact information and experience, along with a few writing samples, to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. All right, well, let's set a course for this episode's Blank of the Week. On screen. On screen. On screen. What place is it? I don't know. It's the Blank of the Week. This episode's Blank of the Week is another very exciting Kickstarter project. Anyone who listens to this podcast is probably in agreement that we are in dire need of a Star Trek episodic content. Okay, like a new series. The same production house that brought you Star Trek of Gods and Men hopes to satiate that void with a project titled Star Trek Renegades. This comes straight from the Kickstarter project homepage. It has been seven long years since Enterprise left the air. And though we've had the recent big screen adaptation of Gene Roddenberry's futuristic vision and the sequel coming next year, we feel the true home of Star Trek is a continuing episodic series. This is a serious project, folks. Tim Russ has signed on to direct the project, and we've got the likes of Walter Kinnick, Gary Graham, Garrett Wong, Robert Picardo, and Ethan Phillips participating in its development as actors and as participants. The website describes the series as a departure from previous treks, delving into the dark side of the human psyche, pushing our heroes to their limits, forcing them to carry out actions that they never would have as Starfleet officers. The rules have changed, and they realize they might be the last hope to save the Federation. So be sure to check out the Kickstarter project, Star Trek Renegades, or head on over to StarTrekRenegades.com. There's an awesome little trailer with Walter Koenig. He seems to be playing an admiral, so be sure to check it out. So more than once in the last year, I've heard somebody make reference to a more adult, like Battlestar Galactica reboot style take on Star Trek. Something a little edgier, delving into the dark side of that fiction. But how does that jive with the Roddenberry vision? One of the reasons that we're all Trekkies and Trekkers now is because when we were kids, we were introduced to the series. And if it's a darker, more adult-themed and focused series, there aren't going to be as many kids who are going to be watching it because either their parents don't let them or if we turn the canon in that direction, is that going to start whittling away at future Trekkers and Trekkies? I think it might not because you could always show your kids like the older series, like, I grew up with Voyager, but I did watch The Next Generation, and it still holds true. Maybe they can grow up watching the older stuff, and when they're of the age to be able to watch this more grown-up version, they might actually watch the newer stuff and might actually even enjoy it. The Federation, it's, I guess I want to use the word of utopian a little bit, but we had to get there somehow. And DS9 was a little nitty-gritty. I mean, it didn't go that far as, let's say, Battlestar Galactica. But I think that no matter what, Star Trek has always been about human resilience, human will, the ability to go on no matter what and improve. I think Battlestar Galactica did something like that very well. It was the need to survive, the need to maintain the human race, but it did it in a very true to character, true to to characters that you can relate to. I think that's why, for instance, my wife is a big fan of Battlestar Galactica because it didn't feel like a sci-fi show, although it was. And I think Star Trek can benefit from that, a little bit of a darker edge to it where the characters are a little more real. They're a little more dirtier, grittier. Because, yeah, during Next Generation, one of the big impressions I had from it was that everything is so clean and so whitewashed and so PC. Granted, that's a product of the times. You know, I mean, we're talking about late 80s, early 90s when that was really cementing itself as part of our popular psyche is that that's how it should be. I guess to argue myself... Kirk always was the classic hero standing up for what's right and what's wrong and that sort of thing. But he often rode that line, and plus he was a pretty aggressive guy. 
Well, I, I think there's room for Trek to do a lot of different things. There could be a room for a Star Trek comedy. There could be a room for like a hospital drama, a courtroom drama. It could support other things. And I think that can include a grittier, darker, almost like horror genre Trek. But I think the heart of Trek, the primary soul of Trek is the optimistic view of the future. And you could have all this weird stuff going on outside the universe, but the Federation, Starfleet, the people that we follow on Trek should be optimistic and hopeful and triumphant and all that. So it gives us a view of the future. But at the same time, I've kind of always thought because it's on television and that is a good home for Trek. But because it is on television, we have to deal with the censors and primetime and other things that movies or even cable TV could get away with. Because you look at the Klingons, they're walking around with six foot, four foot swords. They're fighting each other and you never see a drop of blood. You never see an arm get dismembered. And that's something where if they really did do it, I mean, it could do it cheesy and funny and do it almost like black belt theater kung fu movies where it's not realistic and you're not going to lose your lunch because of it. But they could go in a different direction with that where I don't know if that would be very kid-friendly to show a bunch of arms and legs getting chopped off and blood all over the place, but it's almost inherent into that story. They're wielding swords. Let's bring in our very own Spirit of Trek columnist, Ceridium, and see what he has to say on the Spirit of Trek in a bloodier and more brutal Star Trek universe. I kind of have to agree with a little bit of what David was saying, that the Trek universe certainly can benefit from it, but really is fan fiction. It's never going to be a new source of canon. It's just not optimistic enough. It's not, it has a long ways to go. So I support the project. I would love to see it, but I think it veers away from the spirit of Trek enough to say that I don't think it's ever going to be canon in, in that regard. Well, guys, I do want to mention that you can head on over to the Kickstarter page, and as you contribute, you also get special rewards. So be sure to head on over. Have something you think the Stoke community would enjoy knowing about? Submit your suggestions for a blank of the week to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Your submission could be the one we pick to highlight on next week's show. Why don't we check out what happened this week in Trek? This week in Trek comes to us from Memory Alpha. In October 9th, 1954, Scott Bakula was born. You guys may remember him as Captain Archer from Enterprise. October 6th, 1967, saw the air of the original series episode Mirror Mirror. And that is all. It was a slow week for Trek. Now, let's head into Stone News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, it's been a pretty big week in Stone News. We're going to go ahead and get started, though, with a little Priority One podcast news. Uh, we've got the weblog roundup. We have a lot of content coming out these days, so we're taking a couple minutes here and there just to let our listeners know who might not have caught up with a lot of it and what's going on. To start with, Sargon's Warrior's Way column came out this week. In it, he has started a what I believe is going to be a multi-part exploration of the current storyline in the KDF side of Stowe. So he's he's going through, he created a brand new KDF character, and he's going to play it from the beginning and go all the way up to level 50 and take notes and chart the story as he goes along. So the first edition of that KDF column is out there. And given that in episode 99, we just had a great interview with the author of that storyline, Christine Kestrel-Thompson. Go check that out, check out the blog, and uh, let us know what you think of the KDF story and where it's headed. Next, Alex, who has joined us here, he has just started a ranting red shirt column. Yes, the ranting red shirt. The first 
blog that we have out at the moment is a convention survival guide. What I aim to do is take aspects of stove that need like a polish or just a new lick of paint, like PvP, like do a revamp, maybe a reward system as part of. So over the next couple of weeks or so, I'm going to be writing up my thoughts, posing ideas, possibly even taking ideas that the community have already thought up and highlight them. In addition to that, we have Ceridium's weekly Spirit of Trek column. This week he features Seth MacFarlane and the uh, many and numerous connections between Star Trek and his various shows. And last but not least, Declan brings us another behind-the-lines book review, this time the newest release in the Typhon Pack series, Brinkmanship by Una McCormack. Looks like a great read. Stop by PriorityOnePodcast.com, head on over to the article section, and let us know what you think. Also, we have our very first video from the cryptic tour that James and Adrian did on October 1st. That is live right now as you're listening to this. So head on over to our YouTube page and uh, and take a look. Brandon brings us the third fan art challenge via the Stove Forms. Brandon writes, Since this is only the third one, please make sure to read the rules below and also feel free to post feedback about the rules and the challenge in the discussion thread linked below. Now that we have Brendan with us, maybe he would like to discuss it with us. Yeah, so fan art challenge number three is all about home worlds. And remember, fan art can come in all different mediums. Uh, we've seen people submit screenshots, watercolor, drawings. Ceridium did an amazing stick figure Klingon. Um, <laughs> so you can really submit anything. You don't have to worry about how it looks. You know, you can request feedback and things like that. And there's discussion going on. But it's a fun way to participate, and this idea actually came about during uh, Star Trek Las Vegas at the Hang with the Devs event. And one of the um, participants said, hey, it'd be awesome to do this. You do the literary, you do the foundry, and this is just another way. I said, you know, that's really cool. So we're already on our third one, and they run every four weeks. So expect new ones all the time, and I hope you guys participate often. Season 7, Dev Blog number 1. For a very, very long time now, one question has been raised by our listeners over and over again. What is the status of the new STF Into the Hive? We've asked it of every developer we interviewed, and the answers were vague at best. But now, all has been revealed, and beginning with the release of Season 7, Into the Hive, hmm, will be available via the STF drop-down menu. Woohoo! Chris Dodds, Stowe content designer, posted this account of the new STF on sto.com. Now leading to the culmination of the fight against the Borg advancement is our upcoming special task force, STF, mission into the hive. In this new STF, players will infiltrate Unimatrix 01, the heart of the Borg Collective and the home of the Borg Queen. To participate, use the PVE queue to join either a public or private queue. Into the Hive is a ground mission that is available in two difficulty modes, Normal and Elite. This event is always available, but if you play during certain hourly events, calendar updates to be announced at a later date, you will earn even more rewards. Into the Hive is available to both Federation and Klingon players and is targeted at five-person groups. You must be a Vice Admiral or Lieutenant General to participate. We'll see you in-game and in the queues for Into the Hive when it launches with Season 7. Chris Dodds, content designer, Star Trek Online. There's more detail available in the article. Head on over to StarTrekOnline.com and see for yourself. Links will be in the show notes. The funny thing about the article is it says you need to be a Vice Admiral or Lieutenant General, 
But you could do the other STFs before that, but just on normal. I wonder if they've changed that for Into the Hive. Well, maybe since it's the final piece of that STF puzzle, maybe they're reserving that for truly endgame content. It has been a while that we have been talking about STFs and what's happening with the Special Task Force and Into the Hive. And it's good to see that it has been worked on and that we are going to see and be able to finish it and complete it. And that's fun. And I like that they're reserving it to Vice Admiral Lieutenant General because, as we mentioned, it's Endgame. It's going to be the culmination, he writes, of the fight against the Borg advancement. So it's got to be some kind of elite and require training and require practice and require uh, walkthroughs and people to report back. And if you report back to Priority One, we'll cover it. So up next, we have the lifetime subscription sale and a new benefit. So the 1,000-day veteranships that we covered in last week's episode, as well as in our first Cryptic Tour video, which has just been published to YouTube, by the way, uh, have arrived. And in addition, Cryptic has announced a lifetime subscription sale. The lifetime subscriptions are now $199, down from $299, and they have an added benefit. All current and future lifetime subscribers will gain instant access to all veteran rewards, regardless of purchase date. This includes the 1,000-day ships that were introduced. This has been met with mixed reception in the community. So many rejoice, and the space in front of Earth Space Talk seems to be under constant control by a fleet of Chimera-class destroyers. Others feel that it cheapens the prestige of owning one of these ships or any of the previous rewards. And I have to agree with the latter. No, because when we were talking about how, you know, the ways that, you know, lifetime members can feel a better perk, there's a difference between lifetime subscription and veteran reward. So I may have subscribed lifetime, but that doesn't necessarily make me a veteran. You see, people that have been playing for a thousand days, they're veterans. Or people who have been subscribed to the game for a thousand days, they're veterans. I think this was very much like, well, I guess we could do this. Okay, veteran rewards. We'll give it to the lifetimers. But it's not veteran. It's not by. It's not the definition of veteran. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. The problem I had with this myself was I was at 999 days when this dropped, and then everybody got the thing. So I felt kind of disappointed. It's like, yay! I worked up a thousand days. I was saying to my fleet like a couple of days before, say, oh sweet, I'm almost gonna get the ship. You know, we can take it out for a spin. And then everybody gets it. The only thing that now counts as a veteran reward is the um, forum title, and nobody goes to the forum titles, as much less if you actually want to go for a holiday on Romulus. So yeah, nobody does that either. So it's more of a reward for money invested rather than time invested. That's how you're seeing it? Yeah, because actually there's a fleety, I think he might be in the chat room, Mad Wolf. He's only at 300 days, and even he said he felt a bit cheapened that he got all that stuff straight away. Like he didn't get a chance to earn it. Because you look forward to that sort of thing. Because I remember 700 days looking up the reward thinking, oh wow, 800 days is this, 900 days is that, 1,000 days is going to be this. And then this happens, it's like, oh. Well, for those who haven't paid at all, just to clarify, you don't get a veteran reward if you're not a paying subscriber, right? No, you need to buy a lifetime subscription. Right. Well, you can get veteran rewards if you're a gold member. Right. So you would have had to put, you can't be a free player basically then and expect to get the veteran reward. So everybody had to pay in order to access any veteran reward. However, at the same time, just because you've paid doesn't mean you don't want to challenge. 
So maybe there should have been something else that they offered. But I, I kind of agree with what you guys are saying. It's kind of like, yeah, you work really hard. And then here's somebody who just grabs it right off the bat, didn't get to that point. And maybe that's great for some people. There's probably somebody out there who's totally sane with the credit card. And they're like, yeah, I just want my vet reward now. I've paid my money. I really don't feel like grinding and, and waiting. And, and it doesn't mean anything to them whether they get it now or later. There's going to be mixed. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is this. Yeah. If that's how they're going to play it, then it doesn't matter what the next year's reward is or the next 2,000 yeah. days or whatever. Why well, should I play be for, between now reward. and then? I'm just yeah. going to wait until 2,000 days hit and then just buy whatever comes out. Why should I play right. between now and then? What's the point? I don't know that it's, it's yeah. that far because these rewards are, are nice perks, but – it just by definition, it's not a veteran reward. These are lifetime rewards now. Veteran reward means literally that it took me a thousand days playing the game to earn this ship. Now it's not. Right. Unless you're paying $15 a month. If you're on the $15 a month plan, you do not get these. You still have to wait the clock out. The only way to get these right now is to drop the two or $300 for a lifetime. See, the other thing that I was thinking of, like maybe stagger it out a bit. Not like, you know, over a hundred days, but like every 10 days you get the the next thing you would do to get because when i log into a new character i get spammed you got the 100 day 200 300 400 days and all that sort of stuff maybe like you know say you've just bought your thing on monday and say the next monday you get your 100 day reward as opposed to you know what when it would normally come like more paced out like you at least have something to arrive but not instantly it shouldn't be called a veteran reward if you get it right away <laughs> Have you guys actually flown the ship? Because it's a sweet ride. No, I haven't flown it yet. I've watched it flown. <laughs> Have you seen it transform? Oh, oh, yes, of course. James and I got to see Autobots them both uh, roll do out. Thing. Yeah. They're so sexy. See, I've played both of them, the Klingon and the um, Federation one. I think the Fed one's a little faster because the turn rate on the Klingon one felt a bit sluggish for me. And this is com come from me who used to fly in the Bortas. So if they're giving this I mean, away as a lifetime thing now, what are they going to give us at when we each hit a thousand days? Is there a thousand day vet reward anymore? Because this is this a is the thousand, yeah. But it's not. That's just it. It's not a thousand day reward if you're getting vet. it at yeah, nine hundred and eighty days. Reward. It's not a vet reward. Well, I still see it as it is a veteran reward because a lot of people are thinking life like everybody and their brother are going to get lifetime now. But I think the gold subscribers is the baseline. You go below the baseline and you go to silver or free to play. Above the baseline is the lifetimer, and the lifetimers are going to get the perks, and they get other perks on top of what are the veteran rewards. But, but, but that's for you, being a lifetimer, not a veteran. The term veteran means time served, meaning I have played this game for 1,000 days. Not 980, not this. It means I've played it. That's not a veteran reward. That is a lifetime subscription reward. Whether you bought your lifetime subscription yesterday or 1,000 days ago, by the way, I was on Twitter earlier, and Captain Gecko said that there is no plans to make this ship available in the sea store or for um, silver players. Alright, well, we've got our October Ask Cryptic. We always like to take a few selections from Mr. Stahl's post, and there is much more to see. Um, if you want to see the full Ask Cryptic, you can head over to StarTrekOnline.com and see for yourself. One of the first questions that we chose to highlight is from Siloph 
who says a while ago we heard talk of the playable first officer system giving captain powers to first officers. Furthermore, there was talk of making bridge officers department heads that would provide bonuses. Are there any new updates on this front? Uh, Danstall replies, as a player achieves the rank of admiral, we'd like to see the player take on the responsibilities of developing and managing the ships under their command. There are several features that will be developed to represent this in-game. One of those features is the ability to have your first officer occupy a special additional station on your bridge. We also anticipate admirals being able to assign crew to ships in their command that can either assist the admiral in space or attempt their own special assignments. Look for these features when we get closer to increasing the skill point cap to admiral. The next question is from May72 and they ask, I like the group missions at Starbase 24, but there are only two ground fleet actions. Will there be more? Destall replies, a new 20-man ground fleet action, which takes place on an overrun Romulan colony, is coming in Season 7. We will continue to add more ground fleet actions in future updates. Well, our next question is from Patrick Killian, who asks, Will there be a possibility to cancel running fleet projects? Oh, yes, please. Dan Stahl says, We are considering this change and may offer the ability in the future to cancel progress on fleet projects after they are in progress. However, it may be that if you do so, you'll lose all progress and contributions that have been made to the project, while retaining your fleet credit. We're also looking into the issue where fleets missed out on a special project due to another project being slotted. Yeah. In either event, we do plan to rerun previous special projects in the future, so if you miss one on the first go-around, there'll be a chance to get it again. Okay, cool. That seems pretty fair. I like the idea of, you know, you cancel it, you lose the contributions as long as you don't lose the fleet credit. And it also makes sense yeah. for people that want to run the special project. So uh, I think that's fair, overall fair. Telerium asks, why do projects die as staff rotates out or takes leave of absence? For instance, 700-day veteran android, first officer, department heads, off-duty clothing revamp, etc. All were close to being done, but then the persons working on it left the dev team or on a leave of absence. And the project was scrapped. D. Stahl ultimately points out that it is a small team, and when somebody leaves, there is a void that needs to be filled. In the case of many of the items you mentioned, he writes, these were individual side projects that each individual owner had decided to add to their own schedule and had, in some cases, even communicated on the forums that they would like to get that done sometime, quote-unquote. Many times, these are after-work projects or items never scheduled to be in the game. In other words, officially, never scheduled officially to be in the game. So when that person leaves, it's not always the case that the feature was anywhere near done, nor is it the case that they had communicated what their intentions were to begin with. We allow this level of entrepreneurial spirit on the team, but as I'm well aware, when you communicate what you would like to do, it can haunt you when it doesn't get done. For the most part, the individuals who mentioned these features should not have done so until they were certain they could be implemented. That's not to say that features like first officer, department heads, off-duty revamps will not happen. In an MMO, anything can eventually happen, and I wouldn't be surprised if these features are the game in the future. But for now, they are on hold until someone else on the team picks up where the owners left off. For the most part, though, everybody on the team is really close-knit. So when somebody is working on something, generally somebody else, at least two or three people, know about it. And so... And they all really like each other's ideas. So nothing's forgotten. It'll come down to priority. And if everybody's got their own tasks they're already working on, then that thing might have to go on the sideline for a little bit unless it becomes a priority. So, uh, I mean, it's important for everybody to express what they really, really want to see in the game because that goes into the whole, you know, what are we going to focus on thing every season? You know, something can change if there's a big enough cry for it. 
Jace Alexson asks, are you guys ever going to expand the system beyond Vice Admiral, or is that it? If you are, is there a time frame for this to happen? Dan responds, we do expect to add another rank and skill point cap in the future, and we have continued plans to introduce new ways for your captain to advance their career. For example, the upcoming reputation system is designed to offer captains an alternate way to personally advance the skills and abilities of your captain. Before we can increase the skill point cap, we want to ensure that fleets and current endgame content is where it needs to be, and then we need to build out all of the new max level content. We don't want to increase the skill point cap and add new shift tiers until we have plenty of challenges to face to make it worthwhile. I'm glad that's their approach. It's, it's so great to hear that they're really looking at, okay, if we're going to build something in, let's build it right the first time, or as right as is possible. So, here's a question from ZooZidimus001. Any chance we will get the account-bound STF tech drops? Dan Stahl replies, the entire reward structure of the STFs is being revamped in Season 7 and being converted into the new Omega Fleet Reputation System. There will be an upcoming blog post that will explain the conversion. We do not intend to make them account bound since they will directly be tied into personal advancement for the captain who plays the STF. So, yeah, meh. Well, I complain more about not being able to share the lithium and credits and things like that, not as much about STF tech drops. There's other things that are more priority to me for account sharing. That's just me. During your interview with Al over at Cryptic, he was saying that all of the different, you know, emblems uh, are going to be streamlined into these Omega marks. Um, yeah. And so then you can use those. Now, you know, that doesn't solve the problem of account binding the stuff, which honestly, myself, I am not pro account binding for STF drops. Any other MMO that's out there, if you're playing endgame content and you get a, a super epic drop in a high end raid, you cannot access that on your other characters. I don't know yeah. of a single game where you can. Um, maybe there is one, and I just I just haven't run across it. Yeah, but, I mean, that's why it doesn't the, bother me so much if that doesn't happen. It's kind of how other games do it. Yeah, you earn it on one character, it stays on that character. You want to earn it on another character, go around the content on that character. I mean, for me, my science officer, my vice admiral science officer, is totally ungeared. Like, has whites and greens and maybe a blue that accidentally fell in my lap. Because I don't play that character enough to go out and make the grind for that gear. And I think if you can just trade it in between characters, then I think it cheapens the the whole deal. I, I think having the Omega Marks is a great move. I think that's a really smart way to go. But I, I don't think they, they should be transferable. Hey guys, it's Lennon, your assistant audio engineer. I don't know if anybody just noticed, but Adrienne and Alex have just left the bridge and she was dragging him by the hand. I wonder... I'm just going to patch into their comm badges and find out what's going on. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. What? What? Come, come over here. This way. Wow. You don't need to pull me so hard. Come, come this way. I want to I bring you over to the holodeck for a second. I've got this really cool program, and, and I totally want to talk to you about London. Fine, if you must. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool. Computer, resume program five, please. <laughs> My garden. Come inside. Let's talk, let's talk. Here, sit on the log. It's got moss on it. I'm not sitting on that. It's just, oh, it makes more cushiony. It's nice. I had the computer put it like that, so it, it's fine. Anyway, so, so tell me about Star Trek London. Right. As you know, you guys went to Star Trek Las Vegas a few months back. Yes, we did. It was amazing. And we missed you. I missed you too. But I will be attending Star Trek London. 
We've got our own spice around here. I'm so wishing I was there. And you'll be able to get so much really, really good footage and things. Indeed. We actually have some rather fancy guests. We actually have Sir Patrick Stewart, unlike Vegas. Indeed you do. Yeah, we didn't get him, but it's okay because, you know, he wants to be with his own people, but that's fine. <laughs> nah, that, that's really cool. And you also get Kate Mulgrew. Well, let's just say my invoice is filled with her names. I've got a talk ticket. I've got a signing ticket. I have a photo ticket. I swear the lady will think I'm stalking her by the end of the convention. <laughs> well, you've also got some really cool swag for listeners who might be all London. Yep. If you are able to find me during the convention, I'll probably be tweeting out whereabouts I am, I will be able to give you guys business cards and flyers from Priority One. That's excellent. I think everybody should check out your blog and keep their eyes open too, because you're going to be posting up more things on your adventures, right? Photos, I hope? Maybe, if they're not too incriminating. Ah, of course, of course. Well, you know, it's not like Vegas, so I don't know. How crazy do they get in London? Oh, we get crazy. Very crazy. <laughs> I think they're also trying to get the record attempt for gathering of Star Trek characters. Didn't you guys break that in Vegas? We didn't do it this year. We came like 100 short of it. But it's good for Vegas to have the competition. I think that's really good sport. And we need more costume people. Any Star Trek convention has to have costume. People walking around. It's classic. It makes it feel warm and it's friendly. It's part of the culture. Yes, yes. Well, what's your plan? What do you have on the menu? What things are you going to check out? Well, I'm probably going to check out the bridge shoots. I think they've got the original series bridge in. The, so the, they have like a like an actual bridge recreated? Wow, that'd be great. Well, I've read it, probably going to be the original series. So, yeah, you know, I think it's really cool you were able to cover the London stuff. I'm looking forward to your Twitters on it and all the other stuff you're going to be throwing our way because I'm so excited. I would love to go. I can't. So you got to make me feel like I'm there. Make our listeners feel like we're there. Well, thank you so much for talking with me about Star Trek London. Looking forward to, to hearing all about it. And we have your back as you venture forth into the unknown and the familiar and the you wish it wasn't as familiar as it was. <laughs> oh, and before we go, do you have any idea, like, what's going to be out there on the floor? Like, you know, exhibitors and special shows, events? I know there's a stunt show going on. That's probably going to be at the behind-the-scenes stage, which, to be honest, that's going to be pretty cool. I'll come back and I'll be able to fight like Kirk. <laughs> I know for one fact that our Klingon listeners are going to enjoy this. There's actually a dedicated Klingon zone, which <gasps> should be interesting. There's no details on it, but it just says Klingon zone. Oh, nice. Oh, there's you got in There's also a Federation zone, but we never know what's going to be there. Hmm. I wonder if they're right next door to each other. <laughs> Thankfully, there's not. There's like a little divide between them, like a neutral zone, shall we say? We actually can also have a museum. I'm wondering if that's going to be like props and certain costumes that we use in the show. Oh, I wonder if that's going to be like the Star Trek experience, the traveling museum that was going around everywhere over here. That'd be pretty sweet if you got that. Yeah. If they let you take any pictures. Totally do that. You're also going to have an Enterprise model. And now it doesn't say which Enterprise. I'm hoping it's all of them. Because I remember the um, ones that you guys saw in Vegas. They were pretty sweet. Ooh, yes. Indeed. Those were highly detailed. You can see the people walking around on the bridge inside. And you could see, like, oh, everything in the cargo bay and the dock. It was beautiful. If you have some time to kill, there's always a free talks stage where you'll probably see one of the many guests talking about their experience on Star Trek. I'm going to end my holodeck program so we can get back to the guys. Care to join me? I won't grab your, your hand all freaky like I did before. Better not. You got it. 
that wraps up this week's Stone News. Let's open up hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. And coming in via the Stowe Forum, Azurian Star. What Crestral said regarding the storylines for the KDF sounds pretty interesting. So much potential storylines that even the Federation players could benefit within their own story paths, of course. <laughs> yeah, she dives into a lot of things, a lot of references, books and movies and anything that has to do with Star Trek, even sci-fi stuff she'll be influenced by, and it'll go into what she does for Stowe. It was a really great interview, so I'm glad you guys liked it. We got one from uh, Brown Flakes, who says, Great episode. Looking forward to number 100. I wonder if he's still looking forward to it now that he's been on it. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Yes, you're awesome for joining us. And it was so cool to have you on the show since you were from the core. You were one of the people who started it. Leviathan99 writes, Great interview. I'd be interested to talk to the Stowe team or Kestrel about some of this. General Hawk from the Stowe Forum replies, Well, I'll admit I was hoping for a bit more details on the abilities and bridge officer layout for these birds. I think he's talking about the Thousand Day ships. Mm -hmm. The description from James makes me feel it needs to be completely universal to live up to expectation. It would have been cool to see a little bit more universal slipped in there. We got another one from Roach. Says, Minions for Kestrel! Minions for Kestrel! Please finish and release your post-Alpha KDF missions! Starfish1701 writes, Great show. Really enjoyed it. Didn't realize you had done so many, though. James and I, and, and then Adrian, we haven't done 100. I think I started We've at number 70, and I came in on, 70, on 69. But yeah, I haven't been there as long as Elijah and James and everybody. Priority1podcast.com. We got Jay Christian, who says, Love the podcast. You're the best Star Trek podcast out there. I would love more podcasts, but I can't find any others. Keep up the good work. Well, to that, I say... Thank you. You're so sweet. And there's a list of podcasts that's actually on the Stowe Forum that's put up there by Midnight Shadow. And it's regularly updated, and it's got all of the Star Trek podcasts, and there's some really great ones out there. And you can also keep your eyes on PriorityOnePodcast.com for special episodes like Trek It Out and other podcasts that are in development. We've got a few coming in from Facebook. Gareth Wright's listening now, and thanks. Justin, plus two points mm -hmm. for the name. And from Twitter, thanks again, everyone who retweeted this week. We had seven recent followers. To start with, we had at Havana, at That's Like Whoa, at A Starfighter, <laughs> at Mrs. Tad, at A Sitting Duck, at Trek About Show. Well, our last one of the email comes from Will. Last name is not given. Mysterious. Hmm. It says, excellent interview. Nice to hear more about the writing in Stowe and how it all works out. As a Foundry author and a freelance novel writer, I understand how frustrating it is to try to write for blank templates of bridge officers. Sometimes you have to drop awesome jokes. Very cool. Don't forget to submit <laughs> your feedback to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 100. Broadcasting live from TrekRadio.net. Remember that we are on air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. And we've been getting some amazing feedback. We play much better to a live audience. So join us. You'll have fun. Send us in your feedback. We love it. And keep your eyes out for more goodies from our cryptic field trip. Because that's all month. Keep an eye open for Alex Calderwood's Priority One comics on our brand new website, www.priorityonepodcast.com, and Facebook. And be sure to catch up with the comics via our website. 
That's right, because somebody just installed an awesome new plugin so that we can have a gallery on the website. That's right. Dude, you guys, go to our website. Go to our website and download the commercials. You can download the $60 sound clips that we all did, and you can check out all the photos, and more is coming. We have a gallery now, thanks to Elijah. So check it out. We are looking for your suggestions and ideas to Blank of the Week and Field Notes and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions via our online form on the Priority One website at www.priorityonepodcast.com via email to incoming at priorityonepodcast.com, Facebook, or Twitter. We're on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com slash priorityonepodcast and say, Hola, como estas? Or check us out on Twitter via at Priority One for show times and other cool stuff. To have your Foundry mission featured on the show, send in the name of your mission, a brief description, and your ad handle to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Or use our online submission form at our website, www.PriorityOnePodcast.com. We've shifted our Foundry reviews to a video format, and to discuss that more, we have the head of our video department, Tony and Shinsei. Hi, everyone. Uh, We're pretty excited about moving things to the uh, video side of stuff. We've got a plan that we hope doesn't step on the toes of any of the excellent Foundry review podcasts that are out there already. Uh, We want to make sure that Priority One adds to the community's efforts rather than tries to take away from it. Tony, why don't you tell us a little bit about the actual format of the video and what you have proposed? Well, what we'd like to do is we'd like to put the author of these Foundry missions front and center. Uh, A lot of the other podcasts, they review them and give technical advice and other suggestions to the author, but we want to give the author a chance to show what they think makes their Foundry mission unique and different from what's been offered before. Shinsei, what kind of authors are we targeting here? It's pretty much those that are up and coming. They're not quite in the sensor range of the developers. They're not quite in the sensor range of other players but they have so much talent and yet they are still undiscovered for whatever reason. Some of them can do amazing things with the mechanics of a foundry. Some of them tell amazing stories and we wanted to give them a chance to enter the spotlight and show us and the audience why we should look out for them as the next big thing. So for all you authors that are looking for exposure, perhaps not necessarily authors that already have hit the front page of uh, Star Trek Online, but those authors that are looking to have their Foundry missions discovered, please send us a message to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Care of Tony. We have our first humble attempt, which is not the result of Mehmet and Tony's work. The stuff they do is of much greater quality than what we did prior to their arrival. But we do have a few videos up, including one Foundry Author walkthrough video. And the Al Rivera and Jeremy Randall of Stoked Fame uh, interview from Cryptic Studios. That is currently up on our channel, youtube.com forward slash STO Priority One. So head on over there and check it out. Donate, 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 donate. We need your help to keep Priority One running on full impulse power. Head over to PriorityOnePodcast.com and click the donate button. Or if you are an Amazon shopper, you can take a look at our Amazon affiliate store on the sidebar of the website and support the show while you shop. All right, Elijah. Elijah. Elijah is... No, 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 no. Elijah's gone for the night. It is I, Kaplan. Nebuchadnezzar. 
Kapla, fearless warrior. Kapla. Kapla. Silence, silence. I am taking over the show and wrapping things up for episode 100. We would like to thank Brandon, the original host and creator of Priority One Podcast, and now community manager at Perfect World Entertainment. The entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our executive producer, Elliot Tan, our production assistant, Alex Calderwood, our audio engineer Mm. and host, Adrian Grady, and the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. (laughs) <laughs> Special thanks to our sponsors, Sayulita.com and Geek Nation Tours. To our syndication partners, Trek Radio and the Trek Radio Live crew. And of course, the Stowe community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Onward, warriors! Onward! Kapla! Captain, we have an alien vessel approaching at maximum warp. It's powering up its weapon systems. Red alert. They're firing! Shields up! We got minor damage to decks 4, 5, and 6. Shields are down 47%. We can't take much more of this. We need to get out of there! I've plotted a course. Engage! Play like, the STF into my mom, though. Alex, can you retake that a little slower this time so uh, uh, poor American ears can can have some time to digest it? <laughs> You're calling our ears fat. You guys may remember him as Captain Archer from Enterprise. <laughs> and in um, October. <laughs> no? Oh, don't make okay. me quantum leap by <laughs> boot up your ass, Elijah. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Happy to be here. It's It's so exciting. That you guys are on episode a thousand. Um, a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> thousand. <laughs> all right, now let's try to all do it together. <laughs> okay, on my count, three. So we're gonna go three, two, one, engage. Okay, not on three. So three, two, one, engage. Mm-hmm, Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, engage. 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 Nobody heard my Jersey no, thing. I was like, yo, what's it. up, folks? Welcome to no. Jersey, yo. Oh, Priority Shore. This is, yo, this is the Priority Shore, yo. Come at me, bro.